Welcome to episode 178 of the MCU Fan Show. My name is Sean Gerber. In just a bit, I will be joined by Paul Herman, and we are going to be breaking down that trailer for Loki, the Disney Plus series that Marvel Studios shared, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige shared during Disney Investor Day 2020. And this is part of our continuing coverage of that Investor Day. Thus far, we have shared our thoughts on the trailers for the latest trailer for WandaVision, the first trailer or first look at the Falcon Winter Soldier. Now we're going to be talking Loki, but this is not the end of it. We are going to keep going. This is our third episode this week. There will be multiple episodes next week in which you will hear us talk about the what if footage. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel. We're going to talk about Armor Wars, Secret Invasion, everything that Marvel announced during Disney Investor Day. We're going to cover all of it on MCU Fan Show, so you still have multiple episodes headed your way next week. And if you want even more episodes than that, go ahead and check out the Patreon over at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, S-E-A-N-G-E-R-B-E-R. That is where you will find exclusive podcasts that are not available anywhere else, including Marvelous Moments, in which I break down some of the biggest and best moments in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there's also other stuff outside of the MCU, like Fan Show Plus, which currently offers episode-by-episode spoiler reviews of the second season of The Mandalorian. And if you do sign up and you're getting those exclusive podcasts, you get your own private RSS link that you can put into a podcatcher, like Apple Podcasts, so you get all of those shows in one place. You don't have to track them down through multiple feeds. And in addition to all of the extra shows, you get a great place to come talk about all this stuff with us. We have a Patreon-exclusive Discord community where we are just geeking out about Marvel and The Mandalorian and other things pretty much every single day. And so if you want to join the fun, go ahead and sign up over at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. Now on with our show. Now it's time, Paul, to talk about Loki. And I wonder if this one, I mean, you've talked about Falcon Winter Soldier being your most anticipated Disney Plus series. I've given the most intrigued title to or most intriguing title to WandaVision. Mm-hmm. From a more mainstream audience perspective, I wonder if this might be the most anticipated Disney Plus series just because of Loki's massive popularity mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. since. I mean, the first Thor film Tom Hiddleston was great in, but just based on the box office, a lot of people saw him for the very first time in the Avengers. And since then, he has been a fan favorite character. And so I think when you look at the Disney Plus series that we're going to get this year, um, or maybe even arguably out of all of them, I mean, this is this has to be one of the most anticipated for the broadest section of MCU fandom. And based on this trailer, their anticipation is well warranted. I mean, it already was just based on how great this character has been. But I thought this trailer was really just such a trip. And in a very different way than the WandaVision trailers have been a trip. But it has a similar yet different effect of I don't quite know what this is. I just know it looks really, really fun and it looks really, really cool. And what I also like about this is we're not the only ones as an audience playing catch up. Loki doesn't know what's going on. I mean, we know that this is the Loki as the trailer sets up. We know this is the Loki who escaped with the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame. So our post-Battle of New York in Avengers Endgame. So this is a different kind of offshoot, you know, branched timeline from the prime MCU timeline. And what I like about this is that something is broken here because Loki uses the Tesseract to get away and uh, he didn't end up in some place where he he chose to go. Um, he just kind of 
shows up in the desert and these people walk uh, walk up on him and he has no idea what's going on. And then subsequently he's been captured by the Time Variance Authority. But I, I like this idea of, of Loki, who's usually such a master manipulator and, and quite often one step ahead of everybody else, being the guy who now has to play catch up in this series. So just that from that standpoint for Loki being having him be in such a different uh, a different mental and emotional state just in the very beginning of this trailer, that was something that grabbed my attention right away. This trailer, I don't want to say surprised me because that just makes me makes it feel like I just didn't care about the series. I I will admit this feels like the most giving the mainstream audience what they want more than what I would want. But at the same time, I was ridiculously entertained by watching this this trailer. And there was I can't even explain how like just watching this and seeing the the time variance authority or whatever the name name is and everything and it's just so so bizarre and and bizarre in a sense to where again knowing these characters knowing loki knowing what they're doing what they represent all that stuff is just i can't believe we're getting this mm. it's, it's just it's so weird it's just it's just again as a marvel zombie i say that a lot and for or for a number of things and this is something I never thought we'd ever see. And I think just a testament to just how great the character is and, and how Tom Hiddleston is just, you know, just ridiculously good at it. And, um, yeah, this this was a trailer that I thought that just, again, is going to be super entertaining for people to watch. And, and you can do so much with it. And I think with that, uh, again, I can't keep track of every stone who has what yeah. What is there, you know, to be quite honest. So to be honestly, Sean, who knows what these stones can do? And maybe if one stone is destroyed, one could maybe emulate its power. I don't know. You, you can write the stuff up, write the stuff and come up with it. You're whatever of answer you want. But I think it does, it does, it does make it interesting of what he does with that because, you know, there's a different timeline of Loki. And you got to wonder the time variance authority, if, they don't just obviously they 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 monitor time, but they're also probably monitoring the multiverse mm-hmm. as well, right? So I think that is kind of I think time is just a catch-all, if you will. Um, I that's the idea that I kind of gathered from it because, like you said, it seems like he he's interdimensional hopping more than he's time hopping, and that because you see that in. Um, there's that scene where there, he has his little thing on his collar on, on his neck and he's, and they're showing him all these things and he's like, Ugh. you know, he sees the Avengers, you know, kicking the crap out of him basically, you know, and, and he's just like, oh, you know, whatever. And you got to wonder that as he's going through these different dimensions, like what exactly is going on? And again, we're, we're introducing, which we'll get into later episodes, obviously, uh, about these different multiverses. And they've already established that into Endgame and that, that going back in time is a different reality. It's not necessarily the same one. You know, you can't alter time necessarily or, or whatever. It, it gets very, very confusing. But that being said, um, and that's very much honestly a Marvel sta- a Marvel thing, because if you watch um, or if you watch, if you read the comic books, time travel a lot of times deals with that. If you don't don't count the X Men though, um, but uh, but if you if you if you read the Fantastic Four comics, Doctor Doom builds a time machine. 
when he builds a time machine and he goes back in time, it affects that dimension. It doesn't affect their current reality. So that was something how they got away with with this time travel thing um, in Marvel Comics for a while. But again, X-Men's a total different animal. But, um, But anyway, that being said... I'm wondering if time variance authority is more of an interdimensional thing and that's what it represents more than anything. And so um, I'm very, very intrigued how that will be interplayed. And again, maybe back in, maybe the time thing will be a part of it and there is something to that. I don't know, but it seems like more interdimensional. And for whatever reason, the time variance never clicked in my head as back in time. So it's funny you bring that up. I'm like, oh, you're right. That is time variance. But I, yeah, I always look to it as look to it as the interdimensional thing more than more than anything. So, but yeah, I think this trailer definitely gave us a lot of just just obviously Loki hamming it up. And honestly, that's where you want that's what you want Loki to do. You want to give put him in situations where Tom Hiddleston just go ham and just give us the, these ridiculous performances. And that's what we're gonna get. And you put that in the enrichness of the Marvel universe and, and give us hardcore fans some deep cuts, you're doing your job. And, it, and just w- w- the little they've shown us, I think this is going to be a smash hit just because of the writing seems really, really, really witty and fun. And again, it looks really interesting and it, it, it all, honestly almost feels a lot more like Wanda, uh, Wanda vision than obviously than a uh, Winter Soldier. So it's interesting we're, we're, we're sandwiching Winter Soldier with these two kind of different types of stories. And because I don't know, again, I'm thankful for Disney Plus, Sean, because without Disney Plus, I don't think we get a WandaVision, obviously, and a Loki. And even though I think Loki would still do, could do decently well with the right buzz around it in a theater, I think its place on Disney Plus is perfect. And the fact we're getting this weird story about the Time Variance Authority with Loki, and again, we're going through interdimensional hopping or in time traveling or whatever you want to call it, it's very, very exciting. And I think that seeing this sandwiched between uh, or having the meat of it being Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, it's just really, really interesting to me. And I'm, I'm really thankful that we're getting these different types of stories. And I, I'm honestly hoping that, one, WandaVision is successful, but in and WandaVision and Loki are both equally successful because if they both hit well, then that means we're going to get more kind of offbeat stories like them and the, just open so many more doors for different characters from the Marvel Universe to enter than just, I think, the standard just you know, beat him up superhero stuff, which is, again, I'm into, I'm, I'm here for that all day. That's my favorite restaurant. I'll eat there every day all 24 <laughs> seven, but it's also nice to get some, you know, get, give, you know, I I'll eat Mexican food every day, you know, all day, but yeah, I'll like to eat pizza one day during the week, you know, just to mix it up a little bit. So give me that. So that's what we're getting with these Disney plus series. And, and not, they're not just, you know, giving these weird, you know, offbeat stories just for the sake of it, but they're just, they already looked super entertaining. So again, breaking down the story, it's hard to, you get a kind of an idea that he's an agent for the time variance, that mm-hmm. there's, they're going to, they're going to need his powers. There's one thing in here that I need to ask you about, because 
I haven't again. I haven't been as watching rewatching the MCU as much as I need to. And I think once WandaVision comes back, I'll get more into like rewatching things because right now I just haven't gotten that mode yet. And I think it's coming. Just gotta wait for, especially Falcon Winter Soldier. But I haven't seen Ragnarok in probably over been a while, um, over a year probably. But I forgot. Did Heimdall die in that movie? No, Heimdall dies in Infinity War. That's right. I, I knew he died. I knew he died. But I forgot which one he died into. But he so, hasn't died in this timeline necessarily because well, right. That's the same timeline where Loki already where Loki also died. I mean, he dies minutes after right. Heimdall does. So I'm but this is where I'm curious because we all know Heimdall's dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know there was an announcement of a certain character coming back and I just want to say for the record right now, if you're not reading the Thor comics and a lot of people, a lot of you guys out there don't, which is it's a bummer because I'm not going to lie. Danny Cates, Donny Cates, whatever his name is, uh, I think it's Donny Cates. Uh, his Thor run right now has been really good. I don't really care about his Venom stuff. I know it's super huge, but I don't really care about that. But but his Thor has been ridiculously entertaining. And right now I, I, I didn't know this, but uh, Sif is the new Heimdall. Mm. And so... I, I, someone told me on Twitter, uh, Mr. Burn Notice, I think that's what I forgot what your whole name was, but but yeah, he had mentioned to me that a certain character had, has been signed on, and I was like, Well, you can say it, it's reported in the trades. They have oh, Jamie, has, okay, well, Jamie good, Alexander cool. coming back as Sif in Thor Love and Thunder. I think she's going to be in Loki because I think when he says Heimdall, you know, are you, I hope you're there, blah, blah, blah. I think when that rainbow hits him, it's going to be Sif at the other end. Mm. And he's going to be like, what are you doing here? And then she'll be like, I'm the new Heimdall, bitch. <laughs> and then like, you know, like, it is, you know, slaps him around or whatever. Um, whatever. Like, I, something like that, right? So, but I'm really excited because I think that that to me, I, I really like the idea of Sif being the new Heimdall, to be honest. Because Sif's always been a cool character for me. You know, I, I reread... So or finished reading the Walt Simonson run. Um, I hadn't finished the last like you know leg of it, and she's in it with you know Beta Ray Bill and stuff. And it was really cool seeing her and she's such a great warrior and such a great character, you know. And I'm like, man, they need to do more with Sif. And the fact that I forgot, oh yeah, they they made her the new Heimdall recently. And I think that's a perfect role for her as as like this really powerful being that's like basically the gatekeeper of Asgard, like. That's a big thing. And I think it actually matches her character and you can still have her do off little side adventures potentially too. So yeah, I think that's, what's going to happen when he says Heimdall and you see the rainbow uh, rainbow thing happen. Cause I'm like, isn't Heimdall dead? And when I said that, I went, Oh, that's right. Sif is, uh, Oh, okay. So I think that's going to be a cliffhanger for an episode or, or something like that, that he's going to, it's going to be Sif and she's going to be looking, she's going to be, you know, the dead eyes or, or different colored eyes. She's going to look a lot different because she is this new power. And maybe we'll get the origin of the new Sif in this uh, TV series. So I'm really excited. So that, that was my own speculation. I don't know if she's in the series um, or what, but that's kind of my own uh, speculation. Well, Sif could end up being the new Heimdall in Thor Love and Thunder without necessarily being established as that in this. Um, That's true. That is very true. And I I think what's part of the reason why I I, I don't really think that would work is what time, what what year this should be. Because Mm -hmm. Loki appears to be, as many people have locked onto this, D.B. Cooper in um, in this section of the trailer. 
And when D.B. Cooper hijacked that Boeing 727 and disappeared, that was 1971. So I, I think, you know, and this is explaining the disappearance of D.B. Cooper is, you know, why did they never, why was D.B. Cooper never found? And after jumping out of the plane, why was there never a body? Well, that's because Loki was D.B. Cooper. And uh, although maybe that breaks endgame rules, if you redefine who D.B. Cooper is, I don't know. But uh, anyway... Yeah, he jumped out of the plane and he was zapped away by the Bifrost. And as after he says that, you know, brother Heimdall, you better be ready. So I Heimdall is alive in 1971. So I, I don't think that. Uh, but with time variance authority and everything changing, who knows? Maybe the you know a domino effect is Sif is somehow Heimdall in this section of the of the Loki series. Not sure. Um, but I, I did. I thought it was pretty cool to show Loki being db cooper in this uh in this series i really don't know how exactly all of this is coming together i mean even the space dome you know how is is time travel happening with in conjunction with the space dome or is it all is it all happening because of whatever other technology the time variance authority already has but what i do like about this uh with the time variance authority and, and loki kind of being all over the place I really like the way this has the ability to expand and, and redefine. And yeah, and it might make things messier, but I like the way this expands the way time travel maybe works in the MCU and what it means. Just because the Avengers thought they figured out something in Endgame, they were, they were still rookies in time travel. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. They can't possibly know every single effect, every single impact of all of that. So... I like the idea of the time variance authority being like, yeah, that, and as we've also talked about with Kang, and now it's confirmed, Kang is in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So I like the idea of some of these characters coming along and saying, yeah, what you thought you were doing or what these guys thought they were doing in Avengers Endgame is not, that's not the whole thing. And I mean, I even like that the character Owen Wilson, as people saw when they looked at the captions, the character uh, Owen Wilson's character is named Mobius M. Mobius, who is like a manager guy of the Time Variance Authority in the comic books. But what shape did Tony create uh, in Avengers Endgame for unlocking time travel in the quantum realm? It was a Mobius strip and it was inverted. But I mean, you could say that's just a coincidence from the name of the comic books, or maybe Marvel already knew they were going to do this in the Loki series, and that's why they had Tony uh, use that. And I know Mobius strip is like a thing, but uh, when I when I think about that, I, I kind of like the idea that this represents something of you know the Avengers thinking they had done something that just didn't work out, um, or it's not all that they thought it was. And I also thought because there's this part in the trailer where. Mobius Owen Wilson is doing the cop thing and like, you know, showing Loki his past crimes and showing him kind of the end of the Avengers and being captured in the Battle of New York. But I'm also wondering, this being the time variance authority and time works differently here, as Mobius points out, I wonder if he's going to show Loki what his future was, Mm. that if he's going to show him everything that happens from, you know, post battle of new york the immediate aftermath of the battle of new york all the way through you know the way things played out for loki in the prime mcu timeline of this was your fate you know the events of thor the dark world the events of thor ragnarok and this ends with you being killed by thanos at this moment uh, aboard the statesman in avengers infinity war and what does that do to loki if he's shown his future i mean it's similar to thanos seeing himself being killed 
in Avengers Endgame, but you can bet Loki won't react to it in quite the same way that Thanos would if that's what Loki has shown. And maybe that's the deal. Like, Loki clearly seems to be working with the Time Variance Authority throughout this, and it makes me... And, of course, Loki can't be trusted, and he's going to always do his own thing, ultimately. But it also makes me wonder, I mean, the idea of him cutting a deal... I mean, is this still... Because there is still that question of the, a path to redemption for Loki. He had one in the Prime MCU timeline. Will he still find a way towards some path to redemption in this altered timeline? And and maybe is the reason he's cooperating with the Time Variance Authority, is it because he has no other choice and they're just going to, you know, blow his head off with the collar that's around his neck? Or is it the thing where... He feels like, uh, you know, maybe he wants to avoid a, a fate that he's shown if the Time Variance Authority shows him how things ultimately ended for him in the Prime MCU timeline. But I also just love the overall design of the Time Variance Authority. The elevator with all the weird buttons that seem to go, you know, the elevator that doesn't seem to just go vertically. It looks like it goes side to side diagonally. I don't know uh, with the way the floors are, are, are laid out on there. But then also that, you know, you have that courtroom where we see Gugu Mbatha Ra's character, and we kind of see like the, you know, it, it's almost this tribunal with the statues and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, is this like the living tribunal? I know. That's what the, I thought too. But mm-hmm. I was also like, the living tribunal is cooler than that. So, you know. Yes. Unless there's actually going to be a living tribunal that like stands up and like <laughs> addresses mm-hmm. Loki. Uh, if if we get that, fine. I, I Living tribunal can't just be a courtroom with a few people in it. It just can't. Sorry. No, it, um, it's not. But I'm not, I got the same yeah, feel for it yeah. though, too. It felt like there was an actual character they were hinting at with that those yeah. three faces. Yeah, it, it's got to be a character. Uh, it's it's got to like I I, I want to see the Living Tribunal looking like the Living Tribunal looks uh, in the comics. Um, but <laughs> but then we get. I mean, there's so many other things we haven't touched on. Like we get mm-hmm. the you know there's this area where we see like this moon breaking apart against like this purple sky and space or whatever the hell it is. And then we get um, this mysterious kind of hooded figure that seems to be attacking some guys in in tactical gear. Um, We see a shot from behind that looks like it could be Black Widow or is it Sofia DiMartino who and whatever character she's playing. Some people think that she is a female version of Loki. Maybe she's something else. Don't really know. Uh, We see Loki kind of at the end of the trailer running some sort of campaign for something, and then he's betrayed by his bodyguards or whatever, by his henchmen. I just, there's so many different things going on in this trailer, and I I have just no hope at all of being able to piece it together right now, which is perfectly yep. fine. Um, mm-hmm. All I know is a lot of this stuff just looks really, really cool. Um, and, and the way, and it just looks completely fascinating and weird and fun and it's just mischief all over the place which is appropriate enough for loki and i also feel like the time variance authority is a big piece of the puzzle here when we talk about the mcu i mean kevin feige has mentioned a little over a year ago he mentioned loki tying into doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and i don't think that's because loki is in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness i think it's more Mm -hmm. of loki setting up and, and further exploring and, and defining what the multiverse is. And I think that's the part that ties into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that the multiverse is not necessarily what everybody thinks it is just based on Avengers Endgame. There is so much more to it that we will unlock over time. We will get a piece of, no pun intended, we will get a piece of that 
with the Time Variance Authority in Loki. We will get some of that maybe even in, in WandaVision with Wanda, but we will definitely get a lot more of it in um we will get more of it in spider-man 3 we presume and boy there's still a lot we got to talk about with spider-man 3 lately um uh we got we with all the disney investor day stuff i'm like oh yeah there's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about for spider-man 3 yet we will get to it um Mm -hmm. and then you have uh and then you have uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness there's so much going on here and i feel like in ant-man and the wasp quantum mania so now i'm wondering if the time variance authority might be the central hub of a lot of those things. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but certainly we're going to have a completely different understanding, I think, anyway, of time and an, an expanded understanding of time travel and the multiverse in the MCU based on this Loki series compared to what we thought we knew just because we saw Avengers Endgame. Yeah, no, there's... Oh, man, there's... It, it, it's so hard to figure out what's going on in this show, and I think, I, honestly, is the most exciting thing for me because as a fan you know, a longtime fan of Marvel, there's not a lot of precedence for Loki to get his own series up until the, I'll say the renaissance of Loki from, uh, you know, back with the original Thor film. So it, there, it's just, it's hard to see where it's going. And I, I think that's a big reason why I think I'm really excited about this show. And it's just going to be ridiculous. But I think also, like you said, it's going to be introducing new rules and, kind of be giving us the groundwork of what exactly I think this next at least phase is going to be about. And I'll be honest. I like, I like, this is going to be weird. I like interdimensional hopping more than I like time travel, even though it feels like they're kind of doing a little bit of the same thing a little bit with this, but I hope this is going to be more than just a, a, a little bit of a focus. And then, and then that will lead to then a way to introduce Kang and, which I think we'll be eventually getting. Well, we'll get to that much in a different episode. But, you know, at least giving those bigger threats um, that are a little more confusing, for I think, to introduce into a world like the MCU or the universe of the MCU or whatever, uh, this will give us a different time or, or a different uh, way to kind of introduce those characters for a general audience and for them to accept it. So this is where I'm like, I hope this isn't going to be a heavily, heavily dependent thing for a while, but more... So the fact that we're able to introduce things of the Marvel universe that are hard to explain, that they'll they'll get them in the series or in the universe by doing by introducing these kind of weirder stories. And that's where I think we're we're getting where they're introducing these different aspects to introduce these different threats that um, they want to bring in, like a king or or whatever, right? So and and honestly, you know, what it means for potentially things like you know, Dr. Doom and things like that. Like, what is that? What does all, all this mean? That to me is what's really going to be intriguing. And so, because again, we don't know what exactly the power vacuum of, of having the, the stones for the universe when they're gone, what does that mean? What is the consequence for these stones not being there? And I'm wondering if the time variance authority is a part of that as well. So there's different, there's so many different aspects to take it um, as far as what Loki could be dealing with. But I think ultimately with the multiverse of madness, WandaVision, Loki, in Spider-Man 3, there's going to be a heavy emphasis of different dimension hopping. And what that exactly will, will bring us remains to be seen. But I think it definitely is a means to an end and the end being giving us a new sect of characters that will be new threats to our heroes. Um, so, and they, and not just for a film, 
I think they, this is going to be a long withstanding thing. And I'm, and again, as long as it's not done to death, I'm fine. And so far, we're not treading to the to my limit, but it's we're approaching it at the same time. If in fact that um, Spider-Man three, Strange, Doctor Strange with Loki and and WandaVision, if they're all kind of treading the same things, I'm hoping it's going to stay right around this. And the quantum's obviously the quantum realm kind of goes along with this. And I'm, if that's included, that's fine because we're going to get King from it. But I just hope that it's going to be, this is it. I hope this is going to be the, the last of it. Like I don't want it to go on more than what we're getting um, for the most part, at least, at least for me, because it gets, it, it gets too muddy. You can do, we can write around things and bring things in too much and being too dependent on altering history. If you can do that. So there's gotta be some kind of like, kept. Okay, you can only do this so many times or you're going to blow up kind of a thing. So that's at least that's my take on it. Well, I still want it to make sense. And I think exactly. that's the the number one thing for me is, you know, with Avengers Endgame, I know maybe for some people it didn't make sense. I got what they were doing and, and the way it all works out. And I think Avengers Endgame mostly adheres to or completely adheres to its own rules of, of how they say mm-hmm. it all works and what the impacts are of it. And it's very much, you know, no butterfly effect. Everything that happened already happened. You can't actually change it. And you're creating branch timelines, all this stuff that they were doing in Avengers Endgame. And I'm okay with it. I've, I've talked about this since Avengers Endgame, that this was just the very beginning of the idea of time travel and how it would be achieved and, and what would be the mechanics of it. But that doesn't mean, that never meant that it had to be the whole story. And just because a handful of people on Earth time traveled for the very effectively time traveled, even though if they're not literally going back in time, they've, they've effectively time traveled in Avengers Endgame. A handful of people figure that out and go on this mission. That doesn't mean that they figured out everything that goes into it and every potential factor and every way of doing it. For example, what if the quantum realm is just the only way human beings have figured out how to effectively travel through time? Because... We don't know that the time variance authority, I mean, they time works differently where they're at. That doesn't mean they're using the quantum realm. Maybe their entire base is inside the quantum realm. Maybe it's not. And maybe there's other parts to it. And I'm okay with expanding the rules and expanding the number of methods through which time travel, dimension hopping, whatever you want to call it, that these that are effectively traveling through time. However you want to go about that, I'm okay with them. Um, showing that that can be expanded upon, that there can be different methods of that. That's all good, but it all still needs to kind of coalesce in some satisfying way that I can wrap my head around and it can kind of make sense. Because uh, I don't want it to just be, there are no rules and we just do what we want when we feel like it. Uh, and that's all there is to it because that's not really the MCU. I mean, you're having to build upon ideas, but they're still supposed to work in, in some sort of harmony with one another. And I still want that to be part of it now with Loki and Spider-Man 3 and Multiverse of Madness. I want all of those things to be a part of it. And I think they are. I don't think that Kevin Feige and everybody at Marvel Studios are looking at that and saying, we're going to do, we're using the multiverse as a means to just do whatever we want, regardless of whether or not it makes sense. That's not really the way Marvel Studios historically has operated. And I wouldn't expect them to just go ahead and do that now. I think they are going to push boundaries. They are going to stretch and and maybe break, but then ultimately reassemble and redefine certain rules. But I think they will do it in a way that still makes sense and is still satisfying to us 
as an audience. And then just getting back to our main character here of Loki, I'm interested to see what this means for him. I talked about that idea of, is he going to be on some new path to redemption? Is it going to be, are they going to show us that Loki's path to redemption in the prime MCU timeline was only a result of his circumstances in a certain chain of events that otherwise he would not have been on that path. This trailer doesn't really answer those questions. We see that Loki is kind of having to play catch up. And in a moment at the end of the trailer where it seems like he he feels like maybe he's in control. Now he's finding out, of course, that uh, that he's not. And it almost makes me wonder when those guys turn on him. Is that the time variance authority being like, no, you're still under our supervision here. And it also makes me wonder for Loki, is he going to be able to get away from this? Like, why are they cutting this deal with him anyway? Why is what makes Loki so special? I mean, we know as an audience, but to the time variance authority, what makes him so special that they would be willing to make some sort of deal with him? And and why do they why is it necessary for them to do that with him as opposed to, you know, anybody else? And is it because Loki now because this this version of Loki is not supposed to exist is it because, you know, is, is it because of that he's now Loki out of time and that's why they're going to use him in this way? Is to say, look, you're we're removing you from the timeline. I mean, we're going to insert you in various places for various functions. But for the most part, we're removing you from the timeline because you're a version of Loki who's not supposed to exist in the first place. You're just a, you were supposed to continue on this path to where you die at the hand of Thanos a few years at, or you know six years after the events of the Battle of New York. So because you're not supposed to exist anyway, that's why we're removing you from time effectively and just dropping you in to serve some specific function. And then we pull you back out and we place you somewhere else. So still a lot of interesting questions around that, but it's going to result in a lot of really crazy adventures with Loki. And going back to that point uh, that we talked about with the Falcon Winter Soldier, again, the size, the scale, the production value, just the overall polish that's on these series this looks like if if you had told me this was a trailer for a Loki movie, I would and I didn't already know that it was a Disney Plus series. I would have believed you that this was a trailer for a Loki mm-hmm. movie and that I could go and I could watch this on a big screen. And speaking of that, I love that these are exclusive to Disney Plus. But after seeing WandaVision, but to an even greater extent, you know, the size and scale of the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, the Loki trailer. I really hope that they eventually do like, I don't care if it's one night only or one day only because it's, you know, several hours long. I would love to see these things in IMAX one day or like Dolby Mm -hmm. cinema or, or whatever to just have like a marathon of these series like that. That to me would be such a fun idea. And as I said before, I think theaters are still going to exist somehow. So uh, I I hope that these series kind of get that treatment, but either way, going to be very, very excited uh, to watch them on Disney Plus, uh, this you know this Loki series looks great. Falcon and Winter Soldier looks great. WandaVision. I mean, these live action trailers that we have, I just I, I can't believe that we're going to get all of this stuff. You know, within the next six months or so, like it's just it's unbelievable what we're mm-hmm. what we're about to be treated to. And I mean, we had to we really had to wait for it with no MCU in 2020. Um, but you know that. Going without the MCU in 2020 is going to make it that much sweeter when we get so much of it in the first half of 2021. Yeah, it's so weird to me that we didn't get anything from from Marvel Studios. We we kind of assumed we'd get something before the end of the year, and they got pushed out to 2021. And and now, to be honest, I, I think it was it might do more help for them 
honestly not coming out in 2020 and, and going in with a with a with a bang with 2021 mm-hmm. to kind of reestablish the, you know a, a truly a new era of Marvel the the, the MCU and I think that it's by accident obviously but maybe it could like I said help this uh the MCU going forward it, it remains to be seen if it will but I for one is I just I'm, I can't wait because these TV series are just going to really help. I mean, just the, again, I keep going back to the Mandalorian. That's the only thing we have right now to, to kind of compare it to as far as for Disney Plus. And I'm just loving sitting down with my wife and watching this. And, and even though my, my my wife is not as much of an MCU fan than she is Star Wars, and she doesn't even like Star Wars that much, so. But I think she'll watch these with me just because it's something to do. And you know, we've been stuck in our house all day, all day, and. We need to continue our tradition of pizza night, so I, I'm going to demand that we do that. But if she doesn't want to do, I'm not going to force her. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think that there's there's something that I think that the streaming services have kind of locked into, especially now with the pandemic. And again, it's just crazy that the pandemic has kind of really we talked about this before the uh, episode. Sean has kind of showed the industry of kind of how flawed things really truly are and were, and how. You know, these streaming services, we all knew they were the future, but man, after this pandemic, they really are the future. No, they're and, the pr- now they're the present. That's we're re- that's, what that's I mean. what's yeah. changed. Yeah. And I think that to me is so insane. And and just having having this series right now and having all these series ready to go and just kind of showing people like, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, it's been a rough year. But now the MCU is going to make 2021 and reclaim its throne as like the most popular thing in pop culture. And I just don't see it changing. I I think it's only going to it could get bigger because of what they're able to give us in content with Disney Plus. And I think having these high and again, going back to what we said about the Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki is no exception, not even close to any exception. In fact, it looks bigger than WandaVision. The fact that these shows look so good, they don't look like TV shows. They look like they're real. They shot beautifully and they look legit. And so people are going to, they know the quality's there. So they know they're going to get quality product. They're going to sit down every, you know, as soon as the thing drops with their families, like with me, or they're going to stay up late and watch it and be really tired the next day at work and not really know what they watched. And they'll regret watching it that late. Sorry, I'm just going to go on a tirade about that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but no, I, I think that whatever, whatever way you watch it, it's the fact that you're going to make it appointment viewing. And the fact is that that's what these shows um, Disney Plus has turned into with their with their high quality content? It is appointment viewing, and I think that's what's really exciting about this these series is that they they are they're appointment viewing, and and again, if they were the quality of the Netflix shows and 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 as far as and not dare not named Daredevil, um, then I think that there's it becomes less appointment viewing to be quite honest, and I think people go oh, I'll get the next week or you know, whatever and so on and so forth. So the fact these shows look so good and, and it's just mar- and the MCU is going to be changed the name of the game of what you can interweave between things. And like you said too, Sean goes with the Mandalorian goes with these shows. I want a chance to watch these in theater because I, I have a, I have a solid TV, you know, I, I, lo- I love the way my, the Mandalorian looks on, on my screen, but you know what? I want to see the stuff in live and on a giant, giant screen and get, you know, and get the you know, watch like three episodes in a row, and just lose myself in that you know, an IMAX screen or whatever. And that, to me, I think is the future more than anything. I think the the idea of having limit all a million screens is going to go away, 
it's going to be redoing and having big giant screens is going to be the future. Oh, and yeah. that's, and that's going to be where, so there's going to be less, less screens, but more, but uh, bigger screens. And that, that, that's going to make it even more exciting to me. Cause that, that to me is why I go to the theater. I want to see a giant screen. I always hated going to a theater and getting like this, the small version. I'm like, God damn it. You know, I'm like, I don't want the small screen. Oh, yeah. I no, want you want to be in the best auditorium that theater's got. And, exactly. and I think that's, I agree with you. I think that's when we talk about theaters kind of scaling down, it's everybody will kind of get pared down to the, not maybe not everybody, but a lot of theaters will get pared down to the best you got your Dolby mm-hmm. cinema, your IMAX, your Cinemark XD, whatever it may be, um, you know, it's going to be those. The best quality presentation are going to be the ones that that people seek out. And and I do think, by the way, this is a reality that's possible. I, I when I throw out this idea, and it's something uh, my pal Mark Hughes and I have talked about. I think on on this show previously, but or if not, then you know, in some text chain somewhere. But yeah, this this feels like uh, something that could exist one day. Is the idea of being able to you know, watch the stuff that you really want to see on the big, on the biggest possible screen. And and we know that's definitely Marvel movies, but it might also be this. And everybody knows that the option for studios to own their own theaters is on the table now. So if Disney decides one day, uh, which I don't think they would do immediately, I think they got to get their theme parks fully opened first. Uh, but when they finally, when it's finally that time where people are more comfortable, can and are more comfortable going places again. And uh, when that day arrives, I mean, it's not hard to imagine a Disney-owned movie theater that plays not only Marvel movies, but also Marvel and Star Wars Disney Plus series. And of course, it's a glorified Disney store in the lobby where, you know, they have the merchandise for all this stuff that's right there. So, I mean, it it feels like the kind of thing that will exist someday. But until we get to that point where we get to see some of this stuff on the big screen, because I do think it will happen. Um, short of that, watching this stuff at home is still going to be really, really special. And I totally agree with you that it's going to be appointment viewing, whether it's Thursday at midnight or for the people who can't. I know, and I know if you're on the East Coast, that's really bad. It's Friday. It's Friday at 3 a.m. So uh, but whether it's late Thursday night, early Friday morning or Friday evening, or maybe some people have their you know family Disney Plus night on Saturday People are going to be watching uh, these series and, you know, the the world's favorite franchise is back and uh, it's or it's about to be back. And it's going to be really, really special uh, in that first half of the year with Loki. And that's before we and we know that that's not the end of it. It's not that's not even the end of 2021. We still have What If and Miss Marvel to talk about, uh, which we will be doing very soon. Yes. And I uh, man, so much to talk about. We've got content for like months. Yep. And months, but we we don't really because then WandaVision comes out in a few weeks. So yeah. Twenty twenty's been a tough year to have a Marvel podcast. Twenty twenty one's gonna well, I mean, we've gotten through it and we've had some fun uh in, in some spaces mm-hmm. where we could, but uh twenty twenty one is gonna be a really good year to have uh, a Marvel mm-hmm. podcast. So I'm glad we're doing what we're doing and uh yes. really looking forward to it. But before we get to all of that fun in 2021, we've got to finish up our coverage of Disney Investor Day 2020. So there are multiple episodes headed your way next week in which we will talk about What If, Miss Marvel, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, Christian Bale playing Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder now that we know that role officially and everything else we learned 
That is all still coming your way. We will break it all down for you in upcoming episodes of MCU Fan Show. But that's going to do it for this episode of MCU Fan Show. And until next time, please make sure you're following us in the places you can at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also follow us individually. Paul is at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug, on Twitter and Instagram. And on both of those social media outlets, you can find me at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.